Today we talk about why you can only get five pounds of potato from a five pound bag and why amaryl glue is not glue. I'm Dr. Mark Amos, and this is Taco About Fertility Tuesday. So one of the things I've noticed when patients go through IVF is there is this disconnect between the amount of eggs you can make and the amount of eggs we can make grow. And I wanted to talk about that. And when I say why you can only get five pounds of potato from a five pound bag is I get asked a lot why people didn't make more eggs. And I explain to them that you can't get 10 pounds of potato from a five pound bag because there's only five pounds in there. And this is, this is truly the point. When you're talking about egg reserve, ovarian reserve does not have anything to do with you getting pregnant. It just means how you're going to respond. There are many people who have very poor ovarian reserve and can get pregnant. But when you're doing fertility, You're trying to do something different. You're trying to make more eggs. You're trying to do other things. You're not just trying to make one egg and allow things happen natural. And one of the limitations in IVF is that, yes, some people don't respond to medications when they have very high FSH levels. But more important is that some people only have so many eggs. Meaning, one woman may have the potential to make 20 eggs, another woman may only have the potential to make 10 total eggs. So when I make that comment that you can only get five pounds of tail from a five pound bag, it seems so obvious and doesn't even need to be said. Yet, many, many times when we're going through retrievals, patients will ask me, well, can we change the protocol to get more eggs? And so there's some truth to a protocol can make more eggs of what you have, but it can't make more eggs than what you don't have. And so if you only have the ability to get 10 eggs, then the goal of the protocol is to get the best out of you. I always say, I tell people, I'm kind of like a coach. My job isn't to make you Michael Jordan. Okay, there's only one Michael Jordan. My goal is to get the best out of you. I can't make you Michael Jordan unless I'm starting with Michael Jordan material. And so the point is, is that why that's an important concept to understand is, is I find people become very disappointed and almost depressed that they didn't make as many eggs as they want. And they want to change things like at growth hormone, um, increase the doses, change the protocol. And and the thing is, is, yes, increase in doses might get the maximum you can get. But when you look at your, your IVF cycle, we're going to talk about this here in a minute. When you're looking to change things, you have to ask the question, did I get all the eggs? And so it's important to understand that you can't make eggs grow from medication. I get this question all the time. Well, if you give me more meds, won't I make more? No. If you only have a five pound bag of eggs, I'm only getting five pounds of eggs then. No medication can make you make more. It can't make the eggs. It can only make the eggs you have grow. And 
this is, again, a very important concept because I think people misunderstand the point of the medications. A lot of people think the medications are there to make more eggs. No, these are the eggs you already had. Women every day release one egg but have multiple eggs that were chosen from. We are just forcing those eggs that normally didn't grow to grow. So how do you determine if you have a 5-pound or 10-pound bag? Well, there are some things you can look at that will help. An natural follicle count, which is where you look at the ovaries and count up the follicles at the beginning of the month. That's a general idea of how many follicles you have to choose from. A second way is to look at anti-malarian hormone. Anti-malarian hormone is a good measure of the overall amount of eggs you have left over and usually is associated with the number of eggs you'll make. So someone with a high AMH, let's say four, it's probably going to be able to make a lot of eggs and will be a high responder. Someone with a low AMH of, let's say, 0.3 is probably not going to be a high responder and might only make a few eggs. Now, there's a difference, again, between making eggs that you already have and what you have. The FSH, as we've talked about in prior uh, discussions, is what lets us know how you'll respond. But how many eggs you start with is your limit. Again, I can't make you Michael Jordan if I'm not starting with Michael Jordan material. So what can you do when you're looking at a cycle that fails? So let's say you go through and you get seven eggs. The question that you have to ask is, what happened in my cycle? Did I get seven eggs and there was still six more that were smaller that we didn't get? In that situation, you actually do have more eggs. So that's a situation where making adjustments in the protocol makes sense because you are now adjusting it to try to capture those smaller eggs. If you're in the situation where you have six eggs and there's not a single egg behind, not small or anything, then that is the limit of your bag of potatoes. You only have a limit of six. Now, that doesn't mean the next month you can't have eight. It doesn't mean the next month you can't have less. Your body is not a machine. It can fluctuate. But the point is, When you're looking at that and trying to determine if your cycle can be improved, you have to look at what size bag are you starting with? And that should then set your expectations for how many eggs you're going to get. Now, I don't want this to get confused with the fact that you can have cycles where you get less eggs because of poor stimulations. Absolutely. Matter of fact, when I do out-of-state consults or second opinions, What I'm usually doing is I'm trying to go through their prior cycles to find out, is there anything we can do to improve? Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I just have to tell them, listen, I think the protocol was fine. I'm just hoping my lab can do a better job with the culturing, but I can't really improve things because they did what they can. So again, when you're looking at these things, keep in mind that, yes, if you have eggs that are below that didn't grow, then you can make adjustments. But if you're already at the max dose, 450 units, then you may not be able to help that way. There are unique protocols where you can use what are called co-flare protocols that can sometimes get those small eggs to grow. Some people will even use vitamins like DHEA and CoQ10. And DHEA has shown to maybe improve an extra egg in that antral follicle count. But again, maybe one or two eggs, not much more. I think the most important thing to remember is this. You don't need a ton of eggs to get pregnant unless you're 40 and above. 
When you're above 40, you do because it takes more eggs to finally get a normal one. But below that, really, you can get away with less eggs. And so, although I know our fear is when we go through this, again, my wife only making three eggs, it's scary not making a lot of eggs because you feel like nothing's going to work. But in the end, the quality matters more. And so, when you look at a cycle that's failed, I think the important part to remember is, what can I make? Do I even have the ability to make 15 eggs? And if I don't, set your expectations lower. That way you won't disappoint and you're going to focus on the more important thing, which is the goal of having a baby. And I've had many patients who only make three, four eggs and come away and have a baby. And so the point is, don't be upset if you don't make a lot of eggs if you can't. But if you do have a 10-pound bag of potatoes and you're only getting five pounds out of it, then that's a problem. And that's where you need to talk to your doctor and say, okay, there's definitely more there. Why are we not getting them? Now, that being said, that doesn't mean they're doing anything wrong. There are sometimes bodies that will not make the eggs even when you give them the medication. There's some resistance there. So in summary, I think the most important thing to understand is your doctor is a coach. Your doctor is trying to get the best out of you. For some people, that's 30 eggs. For other people, that's three eggs. And that's okay. If that's what you can do, don't be disappointed. You want to get the best you can. If you get the best you can, that means you got 100% of what you can get. If your bag is only five pounds of potato and you get five pounds of potato, you win. Doesn't mean the potatoes are going to taste good. Doesn't mean you're going to get pregnant, but at least you did the best you can. Now, the next topic I want to talk about is embryo glue. I think embryo glue has a great name. I mean, it has the word glue in it. How much better can you come up with a name than calling it glue? But I want to make sure it's clear that embryo glue is not glue. In fact, it has no properties that would even make it like glue. And I, I literally have patients asking me at times, like, well, can we use embryo glue to make sure it sticks or to make sure it stays in there? And it's important to understand that all embryo glue is, is the same transfer media that everyone else uses, but they add a little bit more of what's called hyaluronic acid and things like that, that can thicken up the solution a little bit. And it may help the the embryo push out the catheter better. And there was a, a study that did show that there might be improvements. And there's been studies that show that there is an improvement. And there was also a study where they took all the studies and then they compared them and said that there might be slightly increased chances when using embryo glue. But understand, that doesn't mean that the solution is making it stick. It just means whatever that parameter is, thickened solution or something, that improved it. For example, at our clinic, we used it and we did not see a benefit. So we don't recommend it. Now, we're not against it. We don't think there's anything wrong using it. But I want to make sure patients understand, embryo glue is not glue. Has it been shown to be better? Yes. And I think for some clinics, it has actually shown improvements. For other clinics, 
they may not see those improvements. And part of that could be we all use different things. So if we're using a different media to do a transfer with, then let's say clinic B and we're clinic A, then Amroglu may benefit them more because their transfer media is different than what we're using. Whereas our transfer media, we may not see that big benefit. So the point is, make sure you understand what Amroglu really is. It is not glue. It does not make your embryo stick there better. It may improve your chances at certain clinics if they have found that they have improvements, but not at every clinic. And so I only bring this up because I've had patients ask me to use embryo glue to do things it can't do. An example of this is unfortunately one of my patients had multiple miscarriages. And so their hope was by using embryo glue, it would prevent the embryo from being lost because the embryo glue would then make the embryo attach better. And so that way they couldn't have like a subcoronic hemorrhage. And don't get me wrong, that, that makes a lot of sense. Matter of fact, that makes a lot, a lot of sense from the standpoint of if it's glue, it, it can't separate. It will stay right there, the placenta and the uterus. But the problem is it's not glue. It's just a really good name. Very good marketing skills there. Embryo glue is transfer media. It is there just to help transfer. And it may have benefits. It may not. The information studies out there do not show an overwhelming benefit. It shows there may be some benefit. And so I would definitely tell people there is nothing wrong using it. I don't think you're going to have a worse pregnancy rate by using embryo glue. Just understand it is not a glue. That's just the name behind it. And that it doesn't improve implantation. It just improves the transfer, which may improve pregnancy rates. And just to clarify, yes, if you get pregnant more, that is improved implantation because you're getting pregnant more. But I want to make sure you understand it is not because there's a glue effect. Is not gluing the embryo there, preventing it from not attaching. It could be some other attribute about the solution that may be making the embryo go in the right spot or come out of the catheter correctly or other various things. But the point is, it is not glue, it is not sticking it to the uterine sidewall, and there's nothing wrong using it. It's just important to have the expectations of what it can and can't do. I want to take a second to apologize. I know I have not been able to do these as much as in the past. Uh, coronavirus has definitely affected my family. Um, we're doing our best to stay afloat with four kids in school and everything going on. And so um, I apologize. I haven't been able to do these as often. I will get back to normal once we get life back to normal, but um, it's very difficult to find time to do these as I have in the past. I do them on my own personal time. So I just wanted to make, uh, you know, apologize to everyone who does listen to these. I, I don't want you to think I'm stopping. I am absolutely not. I just am trying to find time to do them. As always, thank you for everyone who listens. I look forward to talking to you guys again on Talk About Fertility Tuesday. 